The Feminist Coach Academy podcast is proudly supported by Perk Digital, podcast management and marketing for professionals and experts. For more information about how podcasts can help you build your career and business, visit perkdigital.com.au. Welcome to the Feminist Coach Academy podcast, where inclusive feminism, business, and coaching meet. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the co-founders of the Feminist Coach Academy, Naomi Arnold and Cameron Aaron. We are feminist life and biz coaches, both passionate about helping coaches, therapists, helping professionals, practitioners, and entrepreneurs integrate a feminist lens and perspective into their businesses, life, and client practice. On this podcast, we plan to help you do so. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is our second episode of season five. We are finally back. And it is Cam here, and I'm here with Nay. Hey, Nay. Hi, Cam. Hi, everyone. And we have a kitty, Mika, who is here too. You might hear Mika purring. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am at a holiday house and someone's a little bit anxious and has to be nearby all the time. So Mika's joining us as a guest today. (laughs) Well, we welcome the purrs. We'll we'll Um, see what Mika has to say about the podcast topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mika. Well, we are excited to chat today and we're chatting about a very important topic and one that we see coming up over and over and over again and I mean honestly it will continue to come up over and over again because language is how we communicate and it's you know a big part of making change happen and so that's why it's really important you know being more gender inclusive in our language And moving beyond gender binary language is super important. And it's a big part of feminism. It's a big part of social justice. And it's a very practical way to make change happen. And it's essential for being inclusive. Essential, absolutely essential. And I don't think we could say that enough. (laughs) So, but this podcast is not necessarily going to encompass every single thing but because there is so much that we could talk about in regards to gendered language and how to move beyond that and be more inclusive. So we're going to cover some of things that we've noticed in recent months, you know, this year, things that we see come up a lot with students and our academy, things like that, things that we notice a lot in the online business and coaching world. So we'll focus on a few things and just in the world in general, societies in general that have come up in recent months or this year. So why don't we start with talking about, you know, one of the biggest issues this year. Well, it's always a big issue, but particularly in the U.S., you know, abortion rights have been a big topic. And it's not just in the US, there are other countries around the world as well. But I know that that's something that is really been something 
an issue that people have been talking a lot about. And that also relates to menstruation as well. And so language around abortion and menstruation and how to be more inclusive here. So what something we notice is just how gendered people are when they talk about abortion and menstruation and how they really don't need to. I mean, you know, we there are actually easy ways to talk about abortion and menstruation without gendering and without excluding people. So something I want folks to keep in mind when it comes to talking about abortion and menstruation is that this, these issues don't just affect cisgendered women. They also affect some trans men, and they also affect some non-binary and genderqueer folks. And we also want to keep in mind that not all cis women can nor do menstruate, and not all cis women can or will be pregnant. So there's a lot to consider here, right? There's, there's a lot of different people in the world with different gender or non-gendered identities, and we need to keep that in mind. And so when we talk about abortion and menstruation, and we only talk about them in reference to women or cis women, we're really leaving so many people out. And like myself, for one, because I am non-binary, and I do menstruate. So, you know, I mean, there's, and I know lots of people who do get left out of these conversations. So this is a big area. And well, before I continue, did you want to say, add anything to that, Nay? I think all I would add to that is it's also something that we've noticed with people in the training with students as well, that we have had a number of students who work in this space who might be menstruation coaches or health coaches or some type of consultants that work in that that type of space and it's been an area a big learning curve for many of them hasn't it to watch them grow or evolve in terms of their language because they are often taught in their trainings a really binary way of approaching um, you know, menstruation issues and and the like so it is something that if you're working in that space that you do have to make a conscious effort to learn more about and to evolve and to be more inclusive because unfortunately we're most trainings don't go there so it's really sucky <laughs> yeah it's something yeah it's something that you have to do and I think the other thing that I'm noticing is so for me, myself, I'm gender questioning and I have a kid who's non-binary and like I'm looking for that stuff. So when I'm, you know, when I'm looking for someone to support me with, with my health, I'm always looking to see if they're using inclusive language and if they're uh, supporting, you know, trans and genderqueer folks. And, and so, yeah, it's just something that, I think helping professionals should be thinking about and should be very mindful of when they're when they're not only being a human but trying to be do better with their craft as well. Yes, absolutely. And 
Some people might be wondering, okay, well, how do I be inclusive with my language in this area? And honestly, it's really just in in terms of talking about abortion and menstruation, it really kind of is so simple. All you have to say is abortion rights. (laughs) That's all you have to say. You could just say, you know, there need to be abortion rights, you know, talking about abortion rights. You don't have to talk about I'm fighting for the rights of women to have abortion. You can just say people to have abortion. You know, you can just say abortion rights. You can just, I mean, just think about, it's like doing some editing, you know, it's like writing and then you're editing what you wrote, you know, it's like, okay, where can I remove gender here? And do I need it at all? And really you don't. And so menstruation, yeah, it's just like folks who menstruate, folks who bleed. (laughs) I mean, that's it right? You don't, you don't even need to name all the identities because that's sort of impossible because there's endless identities, you know, and you don't need to say for women, non-binary, trans, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can, but you know, that list is endless. And so like really just keeping it simple and just talking about the issue and then just saying people who menstruate, people who have abortions, it's, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with that. Would you add anything to that, Nick? Not at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you brought up a good point with like when you go to see a health provider or a helping professional and they have, you know, they're not very inclusive with their language on their intake forms. They're not very inclusive with their language, even maybe when they're talking to you. And so this is an area where we can we see much needed improvement. And, you know, in the intake forms, because a lot of folks that work with clients, right, whether you're a life coach or a therapist or an astrologer or even a personal trainer, any, or, you know, professor, well, I guess professors don't have intake forms, but, you know, getting to know your students or, you know, your clients. Yeah, inviting introductions in like discussion boards and, and things like that. Yeah. Yes. When you introduce yourself, exactly. So whether it's intake forms, introductions, you know, on an intake form, it's really easy to just ask what identities do you have? I wouldn't even, I mean, you could, you could ask what's your gender identity. I would leave it as open-ended as possible. Do not have options like male, female, again, gender binary. And I wouldn't have male, female, non-binary because that it doesn't work that way. Right. Like it's so much more complex than that. And that's still not encompassing all different identities that are out there. So I would leave it as open-ended as possible. And, you know, of course, people's lives and identities are intersexual. I'm sorry, intersectional. (laughs) And um, (laughs) some people are are intersex as well, but... Also relevant. (laughs) Also relevant, yes. But no, so people's experiences are are intersectional. And so, I mean, I honestly would just ask like a more general question of what social identities do you have? You know, something like that. That way Mm -hmm. people can say more than their gender identity, right? They can tell you about the other identities, other like cultural and social identities that they have as well. Because we need to be thoughtful and aware of all the intersections that our clients, you know, 
experience. And so that's going to make us better practitioners, better helping professionals. Yeah. Would you add anything to that? I think what I would add is I know that some helping professionals use or work for, you know, organizations that use a software that will only have like it'll have limitations to the questions that are asked. And I've seen those before and I've also filled them out where it doesn't give you an option. Like you have to say that you're male or female or whatever. And that's even been when the helping professional themselves might be (laughs) non-binary and that, but they're working for a company that uses a software that has those restrictions. And so I think sometimes we have to be, creative around how we can approach that and like we can advocate for these software companies to do better because come on (laughs) come on people so we can advocate for that and and we can also I've seen some have you know found ways to to add free text to those forms to say unfortunately this is the limitation of the software Um, we're sorry and invite you to and provide some other way around it that's not always available but it's something that I know that is kind of an issue that people face and we have to think creatively around how we can be inclusive if you're using a tool like that that is just not good enough yeah oh yeah that's a great point and so if anyone is having to use an outdated software tool like that yeah so if you can add some kind of text space or box in addition to kind of explain and give people a chance to really say who they are, then that would be great. And if you can't, maybe there's a way to say it in an email or on your website, wherever people get the forms to fill out in the first place and maybe make a little note about it or something. I know this may seem like it's not very important, but this is how people feel seen and heard. And it's incredibly important to put in the effort to make these, to be more inclusive in this way. I'm just thinking of a recent example that's helping professional based really, but I think it's an example that is helpful is when we were applying for homeschooling for my little one. And one of the reasons why they want to do homeschooling is because the schooling system for them is not gender inclusive and like there was lots of reasons but that's one of them and when I had to fill out the online form to apply for homeschooling it it only had male female as the options on the form and it was just like a oh my gosh <laughs> like I'm having to write in the form why we're doing this and I'm saying why but on the freaking form it's it's like not inclusive and obviously that was a government software that that has to be used or or whatever but um, it's just one of the many times where we've stumbled across a, a form of some of some type that is not at all inclusive even though some of the people working there might be yeah exactly yes so you know trying to avoid those things as much as possible and make changes as much as possible and getting creative like you said about how maybe we can make a change here and also holding people accountable to create better things (laughs) Uh, better software better intake forms all those things 
Yeah, we still like we also notice on these forms and also in introductions sometimes when people like lead introductions, people still saying like, hi, ladies and guys or hi, ladies and gentlemen and things like that. And so just kind of being more aware of what are you actually saying and and even like doing a practice run before you do lead a call or a group call or get on, have a session with a client or and, you know, doing a little practice run of like, okay, what am I going to say? And how am I going to say it? And is my language inclusive? Do you want to co-create a new industry standard for helping professionals and entrepreneurs like yourself, where you are devoted to the praxis of inclusive feminism in your life, business, and client practice in order to truly serve yourself your clients, and society in more nuanced, whole, liberating, and long-lasting ways? Then we invite you to join our Feminist Coach Theory Training. Go to feministcoachacademycourses.com to enroll today. We hope to see you in our community and co-create this vision together. You know, we notice gender binary and gender exclusive language happening a lot within feminism and, you know, the the positioning around feminism only focusing on women and women in relation to men and women having the same rights as men. That's kind of a whole nother discussion. And we did actually discuss that a bit in the episode, What is Feminism? When we talked about bell hooks is... I think we talked about hell hooks and I think we talked about feminism being more than like women having the same rights as men. And it's, you know, but yeah. What else did you want to say around that? Nay? It just makes me think of how, you know, as co-founders of the Feminist Coach Academy and as you, yeah, I think you say in your profile and in other places about being non-binary and what your pronouns are, how we still frequently receive emails from people who say, I'm doing this similar work to you. I'm all about making life better for females. And I would love for you to come and talk about this. And and you'll just be like, oh, you're like excluding me in your invite to include me. (laughs) Like it's just. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Like it happens all the time. Or like, hey, ladies, or like. Oh, as two women, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Y'all are making a lot of assumptions here. And where are you getting these assumptions from? And, but it's, it's, people haven't done their research, but also like they're associating feminism with just women and, and cis women in particular. And they're making assumptions about us based on our, association and work with feminism right yeah yeah yes don't make assumptions <laughs> <laughs> yes don't make assumptions well that's a big uh, one of the big things I talk about in my class in the academy around you know undoing gender and moving beyond it is like really paying attention to the assumptions that we're making about people yeah I guess another place we see it frequently um, and we have a class about this as well in the academy is around people's niching and their copy and their marketing on their websites and the very binary way that people 
will talk about their clients and what they do for their clients and what their clients' goals should be. So that in itself we know is something that is such a huge topic, isn't it, for students. It comes up all the time and so much so that we created this class and we have a whole integration call to focus on it and it still will come up frequently throughout the training with with questions. So it's definitely one to keep in mind too. Yes, and that's a whole can of worms we could go into as well. But that's why we have a class on it. So, you know, for now, until folks, you know, join the training, it's just we want to just kind of bring to your awareness, like Mm. to start thinking about that. And if you do that and, you know, getting your own brain to think about how you can maybe not do that, right? And how you can be more inclusive there, getting creative. Or actually, it's really just comes back down to the editing and simplifying (laughs) Mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm. Yeah. I think the other thing that comes to mind uh, for me, which is fresh on my mind because I'm doing my master's dissertation at the moment, so I'm spending a lot of time reading articles around feminism and intersectionality and the practice of helping professionals and there, uh, a lot of them do are really structured. A lot of the research and the studies and the findings are really structured according to the gender binary, and just completely leave out people who fit outside of that, or they have like a vague little sentence around just acknowledging, I guess, that non-binary and transgender and genderqueer people are. Are not included in the study or that that's a gap in the in the literature or, or whatnot so and then I see people talking about the findings of those and not acknowledging that either or uh, taking it further so again it's just something else that I think is important for us to keep in mind especially if we're in academia or we're doing research but also if we're reading that work to be kind of having that critical analysis as we're reading the papers and to be asking ourselves questions and to be when we're sharing findings to be conscious of this as well absolutely that's a great point and that does kind of lead to you know this is sort of like a general society one that we're noticing in May and June in particular around like Mother's Day and Father's Day and how these days get really gendered and they leave out, they're very exclusive, right? They leave out non-binary genderqueer parents and how the languaging and conversations around Mother's Day and Father's Day, yeah, it just completely leaves out non-binary genderqueer parents and, you know, how we can be more inclusive in that regard. I also noticed just like Mother's Day, like Mother's Day being like, one of the sexist holidays, <laughs> like just the messaging and the slogans that are targeted to moms uh, around that day is just, uh, just makes my skin crawl. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, because both days they tend to get really stereotypical and yeah, they just perpetuate this like gender binary bullshit and, and really don't encompass, not, you know, don't encompass the wide variety of identities 
as well as expressions of gender and interests and all of that. So, yeah, what do you think we could do better there, Nay? That's a big question. <laughs> like, like, well, I guess, I don't know if you don't mind answering personally for yourself, like as a parent. I guess I haven't for a long time jumped on the social media accounts like a lot of folks do and wish everyone a happy Mother's Day because I am conscious of of a lot of the things that you just shared there. And we talk about it a bit at home. Um, so we'll talk a bit about some of the things that you just talked about because these kind of celebratory days or whatever you would call them, they are they pretty much always spark a good conversation starter to have with little people. So <laughs> we'll quite often talk about it. And my little one's curious about these things. So they'll often bring up questions like you just said, like, oh, what about non-binary folks? Or what about you know, if they're making some type of crafty thing at school for Mother's Day? Or what about those who don't have mothers or yeah have two fathers or so they'll yeah they'll quite often be asking questions like that which is I I try to encourage so yeah I and I just talking about you know bringing it back to kind of helping professionals again as well I think we see that a lot as well and I try to encourage where I can that people talk about parents instead there's a lot of coaches that will specify whether they work with mums or dads or yeah so that's another another big one that we could (laughs) we could talk about too yeah Yeah, exactly and that goes back to the niching too you know Mm. and is it really necessary to gender that you know Mm. and yeah, people get really worried that if you don't gender your niche, you're not going to find your ideal clients, but that is a lie. And there's other ways to find your ideal clients. And we talk about that in the class, but we just want to kind of get your wheels churning. And if you have taken the training, then you're, you know, hopefully this episode helps spark more ideas for you and also gives you more reminders of how to continue to be inclusive because it is a continuous practice. Mm. so I think maybe we'll just we're getting to the end of our time here and I think we're just gonna end with I'm gonna read something from a student of ours who shared some of the major shifts they've been happening to be more gender inclusive okay so this is what they said they said a difference in my everyday language is In the purchasing decisions that I make, I notice that I often use gender language verbally as well as in written form, and now I make a conscious effort not to do so. And when I mess up, I remind myself to be kind to myself. In the past, when buying gifts for my young nieces and nephews, the items were gendered and predominantly pink and blue but now I choose other colors like yellow and green and try to pick out toys items that are not intentionally marketed for either gender, but can be enjoyed by everyone. And I have had conversations with my relatives around these deliberate choices I have made and why it is important. 
I'm not sure if it will make a difference as the social conditioning is so strong, but at least a tiny seed has been planted in their awareness now. When I used to do ideal client avatar exercises, I had always written down woman and now recognizing that the reason I exclusively wanted to work with women was because I did not want to work with bro type cis men was eye-opening. Knowing that even if cis men wanted to work with me, I can say no feels so liberating too because I didn't consider this as an option before, as silly as that sounds. So not limiting who I work with to only women is way more inclusive and welcoming for all genders. I think this is great. There's a few things I want to comment on, you know, when it comes to colors, you know, and gender and pink and blue and all of that. I mean, really, like, no color is gendered, right? It's just society that genders colors. So, like, you know, giving, quote unquote, boys pink or, you know, there's really no binary, non-binary colors is what I'm saying. Like, and you can still give, quote unquote, girls or those who are socialized as girls pink, but like making sure that you're not only doing that or that you're not doing that because you see them as a girl and you're like, well, girls are associated with pink, right? It's not necessarily, we have to like avoid all of those stereotypical colors or toys or things, but like, why are we using them? And why aren't we using other ones and getting into that critical thinking space? But I also love that, you know, sometimes you just need to like try other things before you kind of get to like the more nuanced space. And I think that's great. And what I love the most here about what this student shared is they told their family about their choices and they told them why they're making these choices. So they're like, they are engaging and inviting their relatives into this conversation, whether their relatives like it or not, whether their relatives, you know, are on board with this or not, they are planting that seed, like they said. And that's so important and it takes courage, you know? And so I really love that piece because that is the action piece, a very important action and accountability piece as well. Yeah, I love that too. And yeah, it's something that we seem we have to do frequently. Hey, we can't just do it once off. We got to keep going. And I love watching my little one do that because they have this way of through asking questions kind of challenging people's thinking or the way that they've not included someone so you know they'll they'll pick up on language quite quickly and be like what about this or what about that and (laughs) and yeah you kind of have to because it's just so prevalent everywhere that we we kind of where we can need to do that frequently, get into the habit of it, doing it for ourselves and doing it um, in other spaces where it's safe to do too. Yes, absolutely. I love that they that your little one does that too. They're really keeping you on your toes, but not that you need to keep mm. on your toes because you're already a, a, on I, top of it yourself. <laughs> they still catch me out sometimes with a few, <laughs> with a few things. Yeah, <laughs> we like to catch, we do it to each other. So yeah. That's what's cool. There's like that mm. relationship there. I love that. All right, everyone. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to share on social media. 
and feel free to fill out our contact form on our website too if you have more questions or thoughts about this we may answer more questions related to this topic in another podcast episode so you know you're welcome to send those through but we'd love to hear the shifts that you're making in regards to this being more in gender inclusive with your language and thinking more critically about how we communicate and what words we use and why. Yeah, so we encourage you to try new things, think critically and get creative and simplify. Anything else? No, that was, that's a beautiful way to end, is to being more inclusive. Great. Well, we will chat with you next week. And until then, hope that you stay safe and bye for now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please go to www.feministcoachacademy.com to learn more about our training, to grab our freebies. We have a number of freebies available for you and to learn more about who we are and to listen to more podcast episodes. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast in iTunes or Spotify and that you're following us on social media at Feminist Coach Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And if you love our podcast, we would love it if you would rate and write us a review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a joyful rest of your day.